Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Welcome everyone to Too Good To Be True, and of course thank you to all the listeners. Are you ready for a surprising show about the Battle of Los Angeles and other strange events from World War II? Before we start getting into details, let's just briefly talk about the psychic insight and how we apply it. We choose a subject, then research it. Based on that research, we determine what we think needs to be explained by creating a series of questions. Then Justina provides psychic insight to answer those questions. At the end of the process, we have psychic insight into a subject. The psychic insight is narrated towards the end of the show. Accepting the psychic insight is a question of individual belief. Now let's go through the disclaimers. Here are the disclaimers. Neither of us claim to have any expertise in any subjects that we discuss. We relate information we find through research in the psychic insight. We are always delighted to hear from the listeners. The show only lasts an hour. We don't have the time to present exhaustive research on any topic. This means that there will be information that we miss. We want to provide a basis for the psychic insight. We don't care if a theory turns out too good to be true, as the show name suggests. We are only interested in finding out more of the truth about topics. Spirit can only relate insight that is appropriate for our time in history. Free will cannot be affected. Only comments that are appropriate for our time can be given through the psychic insight. Much of the subject matter in shows will have already been covered again and again in other shows. We want to look into subjects in a new, different way and be thought-provoking. We are not so good with pronouncing names, we apologize. And neither of us have any knowledge or expertise in the field of unexplained events, especially regarding alleged UFOs. Also, we are not historians. For experts in the fields, we apologize in advance if anything is stated in error. Thank you, Justina. You let me choose the subjects of the Battle of Los Angeles and other strange events from World War II. I have never heard of the Battle of Los Angeles. It sounds like a movie title. 
Yes, there is a movie called The Battle of Los Angeles from 2011. Here is a brief description. Quote, in January 1942, U.S. forces engaged an unidentified flying object above Los Angeles. Now, almost 70 years later, the alien invaders have returned, unquote. I don't remember extraterrestrial beings invading Los Angeles in 2011. I guess it wasn't a documentary. Not a documentary, of course, but the 2011 fictitious invasion should make for great drama. There was also a film from 1979 entitled 1949, sorry, 1941, which was a comedy directed by Steven Spielberg. The movie covered both the submarine attack and the panic in Los Angeles shortly after the United States entered into World War II. I didn't know that Steven Spielberg even directed comedies, but that makes two movies about events in Los Angeles from the end of February of 1942. Certainly military action occurred in February of 1942. Certainly U.S. forces fired at something real or imagined. The United States had been attacked by Japan only weeks before at Pearl Harbor. This was on December the 7th, 1941. Tensions must have been running high. Not all of us are familiar with the history of World War II, but I know that Grandpa was in the U.S. Army and fought in the Pacific and was eventually shipped back to the U.S. after the war ended. Also, Grandma worked in a factory that made bomber aircraft. But besides the Battle of Los Angeles, what other strange events are you thinking of? I've been thinking of the Foo Fighters and an event from World War II that was reported in British newspapers in 2010. Apparently, there was an encounter between a mosquito bomber and an alleged UFO off the east coast of England towards the end of World War II. But at the time, the news of it was kept from the public. So the rock band, the Foo Fighters, were named after the Foo Fighters from the World War II then. That appears to be the case, but why don't I start describing events leading up to Pearl Harbor and the start of war with Japan? That sounds good, especially as all of this happened over 70 years ago, and not everyone watches the History Channel. There are several ways of looking at why Japan attacked the United States naval base in Hawaii in 1941 as a sneak attack without declaring for war formally. One view is that Japan simply was an aggressive warmongering nation. This can be argued by Japan's invasion of China, which became all out war in 1937. Japan needed to steal resources from China to, to continue to become a military and industrial power. There are few natural resources in the islands that make up Japan. What is an alternative view of the events? The website International World History Project has a web page dedicated to the events leading up to Pearl Harbor. As early as July 1940, the United States enacted trade sanctions and a trade embargo on Japan in order to slow down their military expansion. According to the website Independent Institute in the article, How U.S. Economic Warfare Provoked Japan's Attack on Pearl Harbor, the United States on July the 26th of 1940 froze Japanese assets in the United States, ending any trade with that country. That followed banning the export of materials that were essential to Japan's war effort. Well, we'll have to continue talking about the events that led up to the supposed Battle of Los Angeles and more about the Foo Fighters after this short break.
This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, Dad, you were just discussing a little bit of the history and talking about the different events that led up to the Battle of Los Angeles. So my point is that not trading with a country, isn't that almost like declaring war on them? Yeah, by the time of Pearl Harbor, Japan had invaded Taiwan, large parts of eastern China and Vietnam. They were set on expanding to create an empire. The argument being made by the website Independent Institute was that the United States declared economic war on Japan. Japan had for a long time depended on the United States for the import of raw materials. There are wider dimensions as well. By 1940, with Italy and Germany, Japan had created alliances forming the Axis powers. The United States were providing tremendous assistance to the British and British Commonwealth war effort against Germany and her allies. Uh, Besides Britain, countries including Canada, Australia, New Zealand, among others, were at war with Germany. Japan were the friend of the friend's enemy, so they were essentially the enemy. Okay, but the main reason seemed to be stop Japan invading more countries than it already had. Why wasn't a diplomatic solution found? Isn't that the reason for having embassies and ambassadors in foreign countries? Apparently, diplomatic solutions were sought by Japan before their assets were frozen. Early in July of 1941, the Japanese government sent a special envoy to Washington. Presumably, the Japanese wanted the United States to come to some arrangement to allow them to expand their empire. What is disturbing, though, is that there were apparently multiple warnings of what what would be called a sneak attack. What were those warnings? The United States government could decode Japanese secret messages. Also, as early as January of 1941, the United States ambassador in Japan had wired Washington, warning of a surprise attack on Pearl Harbor. Also, there was radar. The attack on Pearl Harbor reportedly involved ignoring planes seen on radar. In Europe, Britain was relying on radar to counter German air raids. So radar had already been proven to be essential for defense against air attack. 
So what they seem to be saying is that the attack on Pearl Harbor on the 7th of December 1941 could have been avoided, or at least should have not been a surprise attack. Here's a quote from the website, again, uh, Independent Institute. The name Stimson referred to is Henry L. Stimson, who was the United States Secretary of War in both World Wars One and Two. Here is the quote. Because American cryptographers had also broken the Japanese naval code, the leaders in Washington knew as well that Japan's measures would include an attack on Pearl Harbor. Yet they withheld this critical information from the commanders in Hawaii, who might have headed off the attack or prepared themselves to, to defend against it. That Roosevelt and his chieftains did not ring the toxin, uh, which is an alarm bell, makes perfect sense. After all, the impending attack constituted precisely what they had been seeking for a long time. I'll just interrupt the quote here. Uh, the measures referred to were the means intended by the Japanese to continue their expansion in Southeast Asia. I'll continue the quote. As Stimson confided to his diary after meeting in the War Cabinet on November the 25th, the question was how we should maneuver them, that's the Japanese, into firing the first shot without allowing too much danger to ourselves. After the attack, Stimson confessed that my first feeling was of relief, that a crisis had come in a way that would unite all the people, unquote. There's nothing new here. Uh, there has been a debate about the attack on Pearl Harbor, possibly having been allowed to happen for decades now. So what is the point of explaining all of this? All of this background is necessary because the United States were attacked by Japan and on the face of it, the United States military could do nothing to prevent a sneak attack. The citizens of the United States must have been in a state of fear. One thing stands out and that if Stimson's diary is correct, the United States government wanted to unite the people to go to war. With Japan allied with Germany, it was hard to imagine that the United States could have remained out of World War II. Possibly the pain, suffering and lives of servicemen and women in Pearl Harbor did not mean much to officials in the highest level of government. Or possibly a tactical defeat was, not ne was necessary to provide for a strategic victory. At this point, I must state again that I'm not a historian. I'm just trying to make some sense of some very sad events. So this leads into the question of what happened at Pearl Harbor. I will quote again from the International World History Project webpage regarding the events of December the 7th, 1941. Quote, at 07.50 Hawaiian time, the first wave of Japanese aircraft began the attack, along with the ships in Pearl Harbor, the air stations at Hickam, Wheeler, Ford Island, Kanoe and Iwa Field were attacked. For two hours and 20 minutes, Japanese aircraft bombed and shot up these military targets. When the second wave returned to their carriers, 2,403 people had been killed and 1,178 were wounded. 18 ships of different sizes had been sunk or damaged and 77 aircraft of all types had been destroyed. Only 29 Japanese aircraft were shot down by American return fire, most during the attack of the second wave. The number of planes downed is significant, but had the defences of Hawaii been prepared, the number would have been greater, unquote. Let's now move on to the Battle of Los Angeles. What happened and how did it start? 
Well, the first event was an attack by a Japanese submarine during the evening of February the 23rd, 1942. A Japanese submarine surfaced off the coast of Santa Barbara, north of Los Angeles, and started firing at an offshore oil refinery. The, off, uh, the submarine stayed 2,500 yards or 2,300 meters offshore and for about 20 minutes and uh, fired 25 times from its deck gun, causing no serious damage. The attack coincided with a radio address from President Roosevelt. So did the military go after the submarine and try to sink it? There was a limited search with three bombers, but the United States Army Air Force were apparently reluctant to commit more planes as they believed that the lone submarine attack may have been intended as a diversion for other, for other attacks. That certainly must have ramped up the level of fear. After all, the mainland has now been attacked. Again, this is only weeks after the attack on Pearl Harbor. People must have been wondering when an all-out attack was going to occur on the mainland and how it might be countered or prevented. What happened next? According to Wikipedia, and I quote, during the night of the 24th and 25th of February 1942, unidentified objects caused a succession of alerts in Southern California. On the 24th, a warning issued by naval intelligence indicated that an attack could be expected within the next 10 hours. That evening, a large number of flares and blinking lights were reported from the vicinity of defense plants. An alert called at 1918, which is 7.18 p.m. Pacific time, was lifted at 22.23, which is 10.23, and the tension temporarily relaxed. But early in the morning of the 25th, renewed activity began. Raiders picked up, sorry, radars picked up unidentified targets uh, 120 miles west of Los Angeles. Anti-aircraft batteries were alerted at 02.15 and were put on green alert, ready to fire a few minutes later. The Army Air Force kept its pursuit planes on the ground, preferring to await indications of the scale and direction of any attack before, before committing its limited fighter force. Radars tracked down the approaching target to within a few miles of the coast, and at 0221, the regional controller ordered a blackout. Thereafter, the information center was flooded with reports of enemy planes, even though the mysterious object tracked in from the sea seemed to have vanished. At 0243, planes were reported near Long Beach, and a few minutes later, a coast artillery colonel spotted about 25 planes at 12,000 feet over Los Angeles. At 0306, a balloon carrying a red flare was seen over Santa Monica, and four batteries of anti-aircraft artillery opened fire, whereupon the air over Los Angeles erupted like a volcano. From this point on, reports were hopelessly at variance, unquote. It sounds like the military thought that there was an air raid was about to occur and opened fire on what they thought were incoming planes, which apparently just vanished. It seems now that the use of radar was used to detect the incoming threat, unlike at Pearl Harbor. So how much firing was there and what was the damage? The Wikipedia article continues as follows, and I quote, Probably much of the confusion came from the fact that anti-aircraft shell bursts caused by the searchlights were themselves mistaken for enemy planes. In any case, the next three hours produced some of the most imaginative reporting in the war. Swarms of planes, or sometimes balloons of all possible sizes, 
numbering from one to several hundred traveling at altitudes which range from a few thousand feet to more than 20,000 feet and flying at speeds which were said to have varied from very slow to over 200 miles per hour were observed to parade across the skies. These mysterious forces dropped no bombs and despite the fact that 1,440 rounds of anti-aircraft ammunition were directed against them, suffered no losses, unquote. No enemy aircraft was brought down and there were no fatalities. There were two reported deaths due to heart failure and three reported deaths due to car accidents and a blackout. Some reports say six people actually perished. You can't drive with lights out, lights on in a black in a blackout. What was the official government explanation? In a word, confused. Uh, different branches of the military and the federal government relayed different explanations. After the war, the Japanese stated that no Japanese planes were involved. So, what was the accepted explanation? I will quote from Wikipedia again. Careful study of the evidence suggests that meteorological balloons known to have been released over Los Angeles may well have caused the additional alarm. The theory is supported by the fact that anti-aircraft artillery units were officially criticized for having wasted ammunition on targets, which moved too slowly to have been airplanes, unquote. Aren't those balloons just weather balloons? Yes, and I think I know your next question, but had they been weather balloons, wouldn't someone thought it important to inform military commanders ahead of time that they would be in the air, especially at night? Then there would not be a cause of panic or, or if, if, a, uh, if a weather balloon had been sighted. Remember, a Japanese attack on the mainland from a submarine had just happened. Why wouldn't weather balloon flights been cancelled? The nation had just entered World War II, Surely studying the weather with weather balloons could wait. One of us has uh, one of us has to ask the question. Okay. Because weather balloons became an official explanation. Were there any UFO theories? I think that both of us know that there were always going to be UFO theories. Why don't you mention what paranormal researchers have to say about the skies over Los Angeles being lit up in late February of nineteen forty two? Alternative, alternative explanations to the official version of events sent around a picture of, a, of converging searchlights on an unknown object in the skies. The alleged unretouched picture is shown on the Los Angeles Times website. From the picture, it is my opinion impossible to even try and speculate on, on what the object might be. It might be a weather balloon or it might be something else. We'll have to continue speaking about this event and then getting to the Foo Fighters after this short break. Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, 
at WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. too good to be true and before the break dad we were talking about one of the images and that was taken that seemed to be unretouched but there's also another version of the same picture right yes the um the alleged touch-up photograph shows searchlights converging on what could be described as a ufo and was originally pu- published by the la times in 1942 All we know is that the anti-aircraft guns fired at something real or imagined after the searchlights had converged on an object, which might have been a weather balloon, UFO, or something else, but was not a Japanese aircraft. There is a YouTube video that includes a news report from CBS by news journalist Byron Palmer, made on February 25, 1942, which is a length of 3 minutes and 42 seconds. The report includes a detailed description of an object moving relatively slowly across the Los Angeles area and being tracked and fired at. The report also mentions the previous incident of the Japanese submarine firing its gun from offshore. In the news report, the moving object was possibly a blimp, but wasn't affected by gunfire. Listening to Byron Palmer's perfect radio voice and his vivid description of events, Radio journalism in the 1940s was at an extremely high standard. It sounds like that the CBS News report is the best account of events available. Weren't there any eyewitness accounts from the general public? The best example I could find was was an account by Scotty Littleton. His father was an air air raid warden at Redondo Beach, California. Scotty was nine years old at the time. There is a video on YouTube in which he is featured in from an episode made by the History Channel for the Ancient Alien series. Scotty believes what he saw was an oval-shaped UFO being fired at, followed by a group of fighter planes. Scotty was later to become an anthropology professor. Scotty claims that there were about a million eyewitnesses in that area in the area that night. I think it's time to move on to the Foo Fighters. What were they? I will start with the story from 1944 of how they were named. In the United States Army Air Force 415th Night Fighter Squadron fighting in France, a radio operator, Donald J. Mears, in a mission debriefing, came up with a name from a cartoon strip. He had seen a red ball that seemed to be chasing their aircraft. I will quote from the Wikipedia article. The objects were variously described as fiery and glowing red, white or orange. Some pilots described them as resembling Christmas tree lights and reported that they seemed to toy with the aircraft, making wild turns before simply vanishing. Pilots and aircrew reported that the objects flew in formation with their aircraft and, be- and behaved as if under intelligent control, but never displayed hostile behavior. However, they could not be outmaneuvered or shot down. The phenomenon was so widespread that lights earned a name in the European theatre of operations. They were often called Kraut Fireballs, but for the most part called Foo Fighters. The military took the sightings seriously, suspecting that the mysterious sightings may be secret German weapons, 
but further investigation revealed that Germany's and Japanese pilots had reported similar sightings, unquote. So the Foo Fighters were sighted by aircrew from all nations. Do you have any more information on the sightings? The same Wikipedia article includes some examples. Here are the, here are the three examples. Sightings from September 1941 in the Indian Ocean was similar to, to some later Foo Fighter reports. From the deck of the SS Pulaski, a, a Polish merchant vessel transporting British troops, two sailors reported a strange globe glowing with greenish light about half the size of the full moon as it appears to us. They, altered a, uh, they alerted a British officer who watched the object's movements with them for over an hour. Here's the next quote. Charles R. Bastian of the 8th Air Force reported one of the first encounters with Foo Fighters over the Belgium's Netherlands area. He described them as two fog lights flying at high rates of speed that could change direction rapidly. During debriefing, his intelligence officer told him that two RAF night fighters had reported the same thing, and it was later reported in British newspapers. Here's the final incident. Korea U.S. Air Force pilot Dwayne Adams often related that he had witnessed two occurrences of bright light when pace, which paced his aircraft for about half an hour and then rapidly ascended in, into the sky. Both incidents occurred at night, both over the South Pacific, and both were witnessed by the entire aircraft crew. The first sighting occurred shortly after the end of World War II, while Adams piloted the B-25 bomber. The second sightings occurred in the early 1960s when Adams was piloting a KC-135 tanker." Unquote. When did sightings begin? World War II started in Europe in 1939. It looks like sightings continued after World War II had ended. Apparently, food fighters were not mentioned by the United States military until later in the war. Here is a quote from the article Food Fighters from the website How Stuff Works which mentions more examples of sightings and that the news wasn't broken until 1944. Here's the first uh, quote. A typical sighting of foos took place in December 1942 over France. A Royal Air Force pilot in a hurricane interceptor saw two lights shooting from near the ground towards his 7,000 foot cruising altitude. At first he took the lights to be tracer fire. When they ceased ascending and following him and followed him, mimicking every evasive maneuver he made, the pilot realized they were under someone's intelligent control. The lights, which kept an even distance from each other all the while, pursued him for some miles. Here's the second incident. In August of the same year, Marines in the Solomon Islands were started to see a formation of 150 roaring silvery objects. The Kerala one witness said was like highly polished silver. They had neither wings nor tails and moved, as later UFO witnesses would often remark, with a slight wobble. Uh, official censorship kept reports of these phenomena out of the newspapers until December 1944. All during the war, however, similar objects were cited by both military and civilian observers in the United States. Unquote. It's it seems that with the sightings being so widespread, there would have been an investigation into what they actually were. Are there any eyewitness reports on YouTube? Bob Leroy, a member of the 11th Airborne in New Guinea, gives a detailed account in a YouTube video from 2014 
The video is part of an episode of the 1990s television show Sightings. In 1944, Bob saw a ball about three meters or one meter, sorry, three feet or one meter in diameter following a Japanese bomber, which started changing colors. Bob and his crewmates thought it was a new secret weapon. Did you find anything on whether the military was involved or investigated these multiple sightings? I could not find anything than individuals writing the odd article. According to the Wikipedia article on Foo Fighters, the sightings were explained by the United States military as being aircrew experiencing a vertigo or were seeing St. Elmo's fire, which is a form of electrical discharge from aircraft similar to lightning. It seems that if the reports were ignored, they might go away. Also, why would you worry about bright lights when war has ended? You had one more strange sighting from World War II to talk about. What was the story there? Yes, this story broke in the British National Press in 2010. I will quote from the London Daily Mail article of August the 5th, 2010. The article begins with a claim that Prime Minister Churchill ordered, ordered a 50-year cover-up of the incident. This was in order to avoid mass panic. Quote, the claim made by a scientist who said his grandfather was one of Churchill's bodyguards is recounted in declassified Ministry of Defense UFO files made available online by the National Archives. Allegations of the cover-up emerged when the man from Leicester wrote to the government in 1999 seeking to find out more about the incident. He described how his grandfather, who served with the RF in the war, was present when Churchill and US General Dwight Eisenhower discussed how to deal with the um, UFO encounter. The man who was not named in the files said Churchill was reported to have exclaimed, the event should be immediately, should be immediately classified since it would, be, would create mass panic amongst the general population and destroy one's belief in the church. The incident allegedly involved an RAF reconnaissance plane, reconnaissance plane returning from a mission in France or Germany towards the end of the war. It was over or near the English coastline when it was suddenly intercepted by a strange metallic object which matched the aircraft's course and speed for a time before accelerating away and disappearing. The scientists said this event was discussed by Mr. Churchill and General Eisenhower Neither of, the, neither of whom knew what had been observed. There was a general inability for either side to match a plausible account to these observations, and this caused a high degree of concern." Unquote. Uh, this, the article didn't state when the incident occurred, but it stated that a mosquito bomber, which had a crew of two, was the type of plane that had had the close encounter. Why are you mentioning this story? There doesn't seem to be much to tell. It sounds like seeing what appeared to be UFOs in World War II wasn't a rare occurrence. I'm mentioning the story for several reasons, and yes, there were apparently enough apparent UFO sightings in World War II not to need to discuss just one isolated incident. Did apparent UFO sightings go right to the top of government to people like Churchill and uh, Allied Supreme Commander Eisenhower? who was later to become President of the United States. Do governments order cover-ups if they believe to do so is in the national interest? Also, Laura Eisenhower, granddaughter of President Dwight D. Eisenhower, claims that being a five-star general with the highest clearance, he met with extraterrestrial beings. 
Finally, Eisenhower, leaving office as president, famously warned the American people to beware the military-industrial complex. Well, I think it's time to ask the first question. Okay, I will start. Were the two movies about the, about the Battle of Los Angeles intended to change the public's perception of unexplained events? Yes and no. All movies have an underlining message or meaning that the producers or the creators want to portray. So some of the people involved in the movie wanted to present an explanation, while others involved in the movie just wanted to create a movie for entertainment and money purposes. So it depends on who you are talking about when speaking of the movie and their intended intentions. However, a lot of movies do have messages they want to portray to the audience, and as you know, a lot of movies cover scenarios of the what-ifs and then provide explanations of what happened when something happened even in real life. With Japan going to war with the United States in 1941, it appeared that the people at the top of government in the United States wanted more, wanted war more than the government of Japan did. Is this correct? There were some people, yes, who wanted the war more badly than Japan, yes. Is Secretary of War Henry L. Stimson's diary entry correct in that Japan were maneuvered into firing the first shot? Yes. Was allowing the Japanese to surprise attack Pearl Harbor intended to unite the citizens of the United States? Yes and no. So as you know, when there is attack on the United States, a lot of the citizens and people come together and want to defend their country since they feel that their homes, their families, and their friends are all at risk in their overall country. So the answer would be yes and no. But we'll have to continue with these questions and the answers for the Psychic Insight after this short break. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. 
Welcome back to Too Good To Be True. And before the break, we were going through the questions and answering them with a psychic insight. So, Dad, can you please continue on with the questions? Sure. Why didn't the pain, suffering and death of servicemen and servicewomen at Pearl Harbor not seem to mean anything to the senior members of the United States government? For some people, the casualties lost are compared to the number of people that are still alive. So if you think about war, when you send people in and there are casualties, this is compared to the number of citizens in the whole United States. So to some people, it's the loss was not very significant, depending on the greater loss if the direct United States was attacked. So in a way, it's perspective of human life versus human life. Was the attack by the Japanese submarine during the evening of February the 23rd, 1942, intended to coincide with a radio address from the president? Yes. Was the submarine attack more of a symbolic gesture, or was it intended to heighten fear among the, pe the American people? Partially of both. Did the Japanese forces attempt an air raid on Los Angeles on the night of the, of the 24th and 25th of February, 1942? No. What was the first objects, or what were the first objects, sighted flying over Los Angeles during the night of the 24th and 25th of February, 1942? Advanced technology. What was the slow-moving object later sighted flying over Los Angeles during the same night? Advanced technology, watching over Los Angeles, and basically recording data. What was the balloon with the red flare seen over Santa Monica? Again, more advanced technology. Were all the aircraft seen piloted by the United States military? No. So some of the aircraft were advanced technology? Correct. What was the purpose of the object seen before the later sighting of the slow-moving object? To observe. What was the purpose of the slow-moving object reported by eyewitnesses and included in the CBS News report? To record and observe. Was the CBS News radio report accurate? Yes. Was the Japanese government involved at all in the object slowing, slowly flying over Los Angeles on the night of the 24th and 25th of February, 1942? No, they were not involved. Why did the first seen objects disappear? Basically, because they had the capabilities to disappear and were not meant to be seen in the first place. Where did the objects go to? Back to where the advanced technology was being stored and studied. Why did the slow moving objects suddenly vanish? Again, because the technology makes it so it can move very quickly. So you can think of it kind of like some jets that move at very quick speeds. Where did the object vanish to? Again, back to the facility that was housing the advanced technology. So this is very similar to Roswell in a way. So it was human technology? Correct. How many people died because of the Battle of Los Angeles? Was it more than the five or six reported? There is about 10 total. Why did the branches of the United States military and United States government have no clear explanation for the events that occurred? Because some information is classified. So some information, one, cannot be released to the public, and two, some information cannot be given from basically rank to rank.
So a lot of people were kept in the dark. Was a slow-moving object a weather balloon? No. Was a slow-moving object a blimp? No. Were weather balloons used by the United States in 1942, five years before the weather were before weather balloons were reported as being flown near Roswell, New Mexico? So there were things like weather balloons, but they were not being used in Los Angeles. No. Was the famous picture or pictures of searchlights converging on what looks like uh, lo what looks to be a UFO touched up or faked? It was touched up, but not completely faked. Was the picture of the searchlights converging, but with no object with a particular shape, touched up or fake? No. Was Scotty Littleton's eyewitness report correct in that he saw an oval-shaped object moving across the sky chased by aircraft? Yes. Okay, changing subjects. What were the Foo Fighters? Were they a product of Vertigo or St. Elmo's Fire? No. So what were the Foo Fighters? Basically, the Foo Fighters, again, go back to the advanced technology. What was the purpose of the Foo Fighters being visible to the military of multiple countries? Just showing they were present. Why was the Foo Fighters sighted in the early 1960s? Because they've been present throughout history at multiple times. Why aren't there reports of Foo Fighters from 1939 when World War II started in Europe? Because people were more distracted with other events going on, so they were not really observing their surroundings as much as in the later years. Are there Foo Fighters in our skies now, but sightings are not being reported? Yes, and since they are advanced technology, they can choose when they want to be seen. So sometimes they may be present, but they choose exactly when they want people to actually see them. Why wasn't there a serious investigation into the occurrence of Foo Fighters? Were the sightings of Foo Fighters suppressed by heads of government of different nations? At the time, there were other things obviously going on, for one. And two, some people know more about them than they could let on to the public. Were the Foo Fighters human or extraterrestrial advanced technology? Extraterrestrial. Okay, again, changing the subject. Did the two-man crew of, the, of a British Mosquito bomber sight a UFO? Yes. Was the UFO human or extraterrestrial advanced technology? Extraterrestrial. Did this sighting occur towards the end of the war? Yes, it was towards the end of the war. Was the incident suppressed by Prime Minister Churchill and Supreme Allied Commander Eisenhower? Yes. Why was the story allowed to be widely reported in the British press in 2010? Because some people picked up on the information and started releasing it. So the thing is, there are a lot of older records that people find and start releasing the information since it was not completely released before. Is the claim of Laura Eisenhower true in that her grandfather, when president, met with extraterrestrial beings? The government is very aware of extraterrestrial beings. What can we learn from the events during and leading up to the attack on Pearl Harbor? What we can learn is one, the public is not always aware of everything going on, especially meetings between heads of governments and government officials. So sometimes people need to try and do their own research and not take everything the media and basically what's released to the public as always truth. 
So there's always, as you know, three sides to the story. One, that's what the one person says, what the other person says, and the truth. So all information is adapted in a way, and it isn't always on purpose. But again, the media isn't always on purposely not telling the truth. But it goes back to what happened in these events, and the media wasn't like it is today. Also, is that creating fear and panic among the citizens of a nation is something that people need to be aware of. So even with current events right now, there is a lot of fear being created by other countries or what the media has reported on. So what we suggest is always doing your own research and try to find your own facts and going back to obviously the show, always forming your own beliefs. What can we learn from the Battle of Los Angeles? That one, it's very important to report strange sightings. So this isn't even for things in the sky, but even if you see a strange animal, since there are a lot of strange events that are happening on the planet that are ignored or hardly reported on. Also, it's that there's things that people don't really understand and that as the future comes, there's going to be more and more events of technology and this technology needs to be tested somewhere. So these events obviously should be aware to the public and this goes back to forming your own beliefs about what these things are but also making sure you tell someone about it since it may be something important. What can we learn from the appearance of food fighters all around the globe and later largely forgotten about? That there are some mysteries that cannot be completely uncovered yet, but also there's a lot of unreported events and documents that are hopefully starting to come to the public's attention from years and years ago. What can we learn from the sighting of a UFO by the crew of the Mosquito Bomber? One, that all different types of people, including some people in the military, do believe in UFOs. And two, that the skies, the oceans, everything is more complex than people can even imagine sometimes. Okay, so that's the end of the psychic insight. So I have to ask the question, was advanced technology apparently of terrestrial origin, as well as UFOs of extraterrestrial origin, sighted in World War II, too good to be true? That depends on what you are prepared to believe. Well, we don't have much time left to discuss all of that. We crammed in a lot of, um, I guess, information, and uh, I guess I apologize for the history lesson, but I wanted to uh, get over the the fear and uh, get some of the background. But um, I guess part of the fun of doing this broadcast is being surprised. So what do you think, Justina? Yes, I agree. It was a lot of information and we always encourage listeners to go and research events themselves since part of the show was history that's set in stone, that events occurred, and then part of it was events that people don't really have an explanation for. But as always, we would love if you go to our Facebook page, which is Too Good To Be True, TWO, Too Good To Be True, and go like our page, follow us, and communicate with us there and tell us our thoughts. And of course, we always want to thank the listeners too.